Well, like I'm Great. a bit let my mom down. But, uh. Yeah, so you're not you're not all, all all about the emotional hype for the moment. You know, you yeah. can see through that, right? So that's 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 perfect. So you'll come up with a vision. Are, are there any established goals within the state or along any kind of timeline, like within the next um, two years, you anticipate or or hope to have, you know, the following personnel in certain locations? Like like right now, it looks like you've got uh, Victoria Massacre running yeah. for office in Hillsborough, right? Yes, she's an amazing woman. Um, she she's forward aligned, and I really just think that having someone like Victoria in office would be great for so many reasons besides the fact that she's just reasonable. And I think we're we're missing a lot of reasonable people involved these days. Yeah. Um, I hope that we get some more candidates within this year. You know, just some more forward supporters, and I would like to get some college candidates more to get generations. My generation okay. involved more, you know, okay. get the youth involved and show that, like, I'm fighting for us, you know. It doesn't just have to be older people fighting for politics, you know. It's it's important right. to us, too. And I want to see more of us get involved. That's that's, that's really re- very wonderful and obviously refreshing. I mean, it's – it's. Uh, I don't know if Pat told you I've got a little bit of military background and spent some time in the Middle East. Oh. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm old enough to know that politics here has always been, you know – it's always been politics, okay, but it hasn't been extremely divided as it is now. And it's all fueled, you know, seems to be fueled by anger, by hate, and just whatever we can do to put it in the next guy, the other guy's face, you know. And, um, exactly. You know, which which is horrible, which is really, it's kind of like a Sunni Shia, you know, on, on that religious bent. Um, it's just, just a natural dislike, it seems, unfortunately. And, and we seem to be going that way, and, and we're in a fast lane. Doing that, which is really bad. And, you know, one thing that really, really struck me, actually it touched me, is on your um, national website, the quotation of that more unites us than divides us. Right. And and it it just seems like the forward party's interest is to find what unites us, much like you said, where you're involved with a lot of diversity folks in your organization in North Carolina, where – Outside of this, you may not have a whole hell of a lot in common, but you do have this in common, and it is important, you know. Definitely, and I, I just I'm tired of politics dividing households, right. you know. I hosted right. an event like when I first started the Ford Party at a festival, and you know I had a woman come up to me with her kid, and she was like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm Republican in nature, you know. She she goes to church. She's real. Her tricks her out because of her stance on abortion." I don't think politics should ever break up families. You know, you, you should be able to have your beliefs and go to work and go to golf and, and go to drinks with the next person. It sure. shouldn't divide people. Right. I agree. I agree. Well, and, and check to that end, I'll tell you, MJ's been doing a lot of good work building coalitions with different organizations. And you and I have talked about this, Chet, offline. You know, there's so many different pockets of people and, you know, nonprofit, nonpartisan institutes that are, you know, trying to do good work. And I think MJ's vision that I share is exactly what you just mentioned from the website. Let's focus on the things that unite us. And we can agree to disagree on some of the granular detail. But when you talk about things like term limits, for example, almost, you know, I think 80-something percent in the last survey I saw, both Democrats, Republicans, independents, you know, regardless of ethnicity, religion, we all agree. We're sick and tired of career politicians being in office for 10, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years. So okay. there's something that I don't care if you tend to be more progressive or more conservative or what your position on abortion is. 
It doesn't right. matter. We can agree we've got to get these people out of office and we've got to get some better representation. Just a personal comment is that, you know, with globalization as it is, I mean, it's not a new thing, and, and it's it's intensifying more and more every day. So you don't always get the low end coming up to the high end, but you do get the high end often going down towards the low end. And if that's not properly managed, the low end's getting burnt and the high end's getting burnt. And I think that's where we are. That's how. That's just how I see things. It's just a. It's a. Too, it's too bad because it's so much about party and it's not about people. But getting off. Getting off my. Uh, my soapbox. No, but but uh, I, think, yeah, I think you touch on something, and I just want to clarify. I think that the elected officials and the leadership and the machine, right, or the swamp, machine. you want to call it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think that's the voters, right? Like, I mean, yes, the people that you see on TV at these rallies that are extremists. That, but they don't. Yeah. They're, they're not a. They're not a cross reference of who we are, right? Like the, no, the right. three of us on this call. I'm sure, there's all kinds of policy positions that we wouldn't necessarily agree with, but it doesn't mean we hate each other or MJ's that we can't go out and have drinks together or play golf together or support each other. So I, I think the people of the country and of this state, particularly in North Carolina, don't want that. They don't want. That's why there's more unaffiliated voters than are Democrats or Republicans. They don't want to be in a system where part of their role is to hate everyone on the other side. That's yeah, that's your job. You know, right. Your job is to look at a bumper sticker and see if it's from the other guy and then, and then how much you can tailgate him or some nonsense. I mean, it's just really, it's that way in some places, the bad news. So let me get on to a topic that uh, it, it looks like the forward party is very much involved in, and that's the ranked choice voting, RCV ranked choice voting. What I'm seeing so far is there's about 50 cities, big cities, Seattle, Salt Lake City, and, and, and others throughout the United States that have adopted ranked choice, ranked choice voting. And there's a couple of states for more national or statewide elections. I think Alaska and Maine. Does that sound right? Yes, that's right. On the concept side, could you just briefly explain that, ranked choice voting? Essentially, ranked choice voting is allowing people to have representation even if the person they want to win as their first choice doesn't win. So instead of holding your nose and just casting your vote and, and forgetting about it the next day, you can essentially rent the yeah. and even if the person that you want to win doesn't win, you still have your secondary option, your third, your fourth, your fifth. That way you're still represented even if the person you want to win doesn't win. Because right now people are not represented. So basically it's a way to give people more representation and to vote their conscience instead of the lesser of two evils. Does ranked choice voting mean that you can you can vote for a Democrat in the number one position and an independent in the number two and a Republican in the number three position as your ranking well, goes? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of it, Jeff. Like, so say you have a local community leader who's going to run for state senate and he or right. he's going to run as an independent. And you really like what they stand for. You really think they would be the best person. Mm -hmm. But on election day... You know, you go with a gut check, and you're like, ah, you know, she can't win. I, I wish she could. But if I vote for her, I'm, quote, unquote, wasting my vote. Right. So I don't like the Democrat or the Republican, but the Democrat's not as bad. So, okay, I'll vote for the Democrat. This would allow you to say, I want my local community leader to be the elected official because she's the best person for the job. Right. But she doesn't win. My next choice would be the Democrat. And then my next choice would maybe be the Libertarian. Okay. And then last would be the Republican, because I just don't like Republicans, or whatever the case might be. So it really removes the barrier of people being afraid to vote for who they think is best. 
Okay, so that that answers that. I mean, that's really that's pretty exciting. Now, what's what's the downside of this, or what kind of obstacles are in the way of uh, ranked choice voting catching on fire throughout the country? Well, I can give you an example here in North Carolina. So I live in Raleigh, as you know, yeah. and if we want to have ranked choice voting, my city council does not have the authority to make that happen for us. It is written in the statutes on a state level that they would have to go to the General Assembly to basically get permission and to pass a bill to give them, you know, the authority that they should have, frankly, uh, to change the election laws in the city of Raleigh to use yeah. ranked choice voting. So that's really the barrier, right? It's all these – and, you know, we're finding this with our signature gathering. We're finding it with everything. There's uh-huh. so many laws and rules that are written by the powers in charge. Democrats and Republicans do not agree on very many things at all. But what they can yeah. agree on is let's make it as difficult as possible for other people to have a voice, right? Uh-huh. We just want a battle between the two of us. We don't want to deal with two or three other people that might have good ideas that could draw money and power and votes away from us. So yeah. they, they do rally together when they get the opportunity to shut things. Like, I mean, the Green Party in our state got dragged in the court and challenged and had to hire attorneys and to fight just to get ballot access, which they did ultimately win. But that's a travesty, right, that these two major parties can just, you know, impose their will to stop yeah. others from having a voice. Yeah, it's like they own the market, right? Like good old boys club, that kind of thing. Correct. Well, I'll tell you, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel because people are sick, and I don't think they know how to go about changing things. And I think this is a venue that could take them to that place of change. And 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 when you see like Salt Lake City and and Seattle and you know some other cities, actually, you know, some 45 or 46 other cities that have uh, accepted it, you know, there's hope there. You know, there's hope there. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's the work that MJ and I and so many others in North Carolina are trying to do. There's a a great organization called Better Ballot of North Carolina. We work closely with them. Pretty much their sole focus is to get ranked choice voting, you know, in local communities in our state and then ultimately statewide. And John McCain, who I'm a big fan of, years ago when he was a senator in Arizona, pushed for this. And he called it instant runoff voting, which sounds a lot better, actually, and I try to use that more because ranked choice voting seems to just confuse people. But instant runoff really tells you exactly what it is. If if you don't have a candidate that gets the majority of the votes in that district, then you have to go through a process to see, you know, what did the people really want and drop off the lowest vote and move, you know, the math that goes into it. But, yeah, he he pushed for this, I'm going to say, 20 years ago. Yeah. It's not a new idea. And like you said, it's happening across the country. And right. we're here to fight to, to try to make it happen in North Carolina. Can you talk a little bit about no labels, which I hear now and again on the news, it's brought up. What is it? There's concerns about it. I, one way or the other, I don't know if they're valid concerns or good. And that you're doing some interfacing, you know, as an organization with the no labels folks. Could you explain a little bit about that? I know they are looking for a candidate for the 2024 election. So it's a little bit different than, than you know, North Carolina Ford. But we have talked to local and no-label chapters just about coalition building and, you know, hosting events together. Okay. But yeah, they've, they've made it clear their focus is on the White House specifically if it comes down to, the, you know, we just talked about, right, how everybody has yeah. to just stick between two candidates and you don't like either one of them. Polls are showing the majority of voters don't want Donald Trump or Joe Biden to be the next president of the United States. But yeah. the way the election process is set up in our country, 
most likely they're going to be our two choices. So right. if that happens, no labels decided they want to have the ability to give people a third viable choice for the president of the United States. And that's admirable, but the good news is the forward party is coming at it from the complete opposite direction. We're trying to improve the representation in our local communities, city and town level, yeah. counties, you know, those yeah. state senators and, you yeah. know, but the White House, sure, I think, you know, maybe hopefully sometime in the next 10 years when we're a full-born, you know, party and we've got millions of voters across the country, right. uh, that we could put up a viable candidate for the White House. But that's nothing that, that we're looking at now or any time in the immediate future. And just to be clear sure. for the listeners, Andrew Yang and Christy Todd Whitman and our entire executive board has sent out a press release just to make it abundantly clear we are not entering into the presidential election in 2024. Because some people right. think this is all a veiled effort for Andrew Yang to take another shot at the White House. Oh, sure, sure. Couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, him and all our leaders are really just trying to give voters better options. That's interesting. If uh, if people wanted to get involved with the forward party, how, how could they go about it, and, and what would be expected of them in, in time or donation or, or whatever it may be? What would be expected of them, and how could they get involved? It just depends on what they're interested in, but I would say on a basic level is the willingness to work with others that might have different ideologies than you. You have to be willing to put in a little bit of time, I would say three hours a week, just time into working and building coalition with others, helping the forward party improve, get on the ballot, okay. spread awareness, you know, work with right, others. Right. But, you know, we are working to get on the ballot, so we do need help collecting signatures. You know, we need uh, better experts, I would say, you know, more legal representation, you know, help with candidates. We just need help all around reaching our, our objectives, but we also just need people to care and to want to, to fight for our democracy and want things to be better and are tired of the same same tired routine of holding your nose and, and voting. And being embarrassed to tell anybody who you voted for. I mean, <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, sorry. I mean, I had to say it. I mean, it's just no, like, it's, it's true. I mean, well, and Chad, I think it's also, you know, it's what you and I have been talking about now for years. It's people getting more involved and more engaged and more educated in their own political process. So if we draw people in and they actually find out who their general assembly rep is and they send them an email and they maybe take a look at some legislation that's coming up and who's voting which way. And, right. Um, and then they do or don't vote for a forward party candidate. I'm fine with that. And I, I know MJ is too. We just want citizens to get more involved and more engaged and, you know, MJ touched on it in terms of the forward party specifically. The beauty of it is, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking, eh, you know, it sounds interesting, I like it, and I'd like to get involved, but uh, what the heck can I do, right? Well, whatever your particular skill is, for good or for bad, we need your help, right? Because whether it be helping with web design or communications or sending out press releases or gathering signatures or talking to donors or there's, you know, whatever you enjoy and want to be a part of as of a citizen, there's plenty of room in the forward party of North Carolina where you can take your skills and put them to work to help us all achieve this common goal of just making things better for all our voters. Beautiful. That's wonderful. That's exciting stuff, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to tell me a little bit more about it and, and answer the questions. I know it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit scary for you, right? Because it's, it's new. It's different. I mean, it's, it's, the exciting part of it overwhelms whatever, you know, kind of little fear bubbles might pop up, but I'm sure it's a very worthwhile endeavor. 
And, and, yeah. and, that's, and I'm very proud of you, MJ, being a young lady as you are, to be getting involved in this stuff, especially at the state level, and just going to go in there and bang some heads and, and get some things moving forward, you know? That's great. Thank you so much. That's the plan. But I'm really just honored to be able to fight for the things I want to see, you know, get the driver's seat. Right. And, and really just be the change I want to see. And I encourage people to do that also because it's the best feeling in the world. And it's nothing more rewarding than when you see it all coming together. So. Amen. Beautiful. And I can tell you, Chet, um, you know, one of our big focuses is elected officials and candidates. And we've been talking to a lot of them and meeting with them. And I had the opportunity to meet with one of the leaders of the Democrats in the Senate for North Carolina uh, a week or two ago. And I think this is just great news that there is hope, right? When I said to him, are there others out there, you know, in the Senate that you think would also be interested in our message and what we're trying to accomplish? And I specifically said, no offense, but I don't need to just be talking to a bunch of Democrats, right? Because that's not what we're about. <laughs> we're not a splinter group of the Democrats. We're not a splinter right. group of the Republicans. Right, right. He gave me the name of a Republican in the Senate, and he said we often don't vote the same. But we do try to work together on the things that we think are important that we can agree on. And I said, well, guess what? I think you're both for this. You just don't know it yet. So, but what happened is MJ and I then a few days later met and went and met with that senator, right, in the Capitol in Raleigh and, and had a very productive conversation. So, you know, I want our listeners and, and also all the people that are sending in $10 a month and, and doing all the hard work to help us get this done. I want them to know that their leaders, you know, MJ and I are, we're out there. We're, we're, we're walking the walk. We're meeting with elected officials. We're giving them the message. We're telling them that the voters are sick and tired and want to see better alternatives. Right. And they're starting to listen because, you know, as we've said many times, there's more registered independents than Republicans or Democrats. Right. And most Democrats and Republicans don't really feel that great about their party. Right. right. Like, okay, I'm a Republican, but I think some of this, you know, hardcore right conservative stuff is a little too much for me. So, so many people are disenfranchised, and the elected officials, they know it and they can feel it. So when they have people like MJ in their office telling them, we want to see change, they are listening. So I want you and I want all our listeners to know that. Right. Thank you very much. That's good stuff. Well, thanks again, folks. Another edition of the Pat and Chet Show. And MJ, thanks so much for your time. A privilege to have you on the show. Questions, comments, email us at patandchetshow at gmail.com. Uh, visit the website. And tell your friends to, to listen and learn more about how becoming more engaged and, and educated in your own political process. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, MJ. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thanks, Pat. <laughs> you got it, guys. Have a good day. Take care. All right. Thanks. God bless. Bye-bye. The Pat and Chuck Show. The Pat and Chuck Show.